Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Sketch. I'm your host, Shrutijit. I'm a Delhi-based journalist and the editor-in-chief of Mint. My guest today is someone who has a classic startup story to tell. He turned his love for fantasy football during his university days in the UK into a fantasy cricket empire in India. He founded the company in 2008 when he and his co-founder were 22 and grew it through ups and downs over the years. Dream Sports, which operates the popular fantasy sports app Dream11, is now valued at 8 billion dollars, has 160 million registered users, is a clear category leader and is a rare profitable unicorn to boot. I hope to talk today to Harsh Jain, founder of Dream Sports, about turning a passion into a unicorn, struggles of starting up, the regulatory challenges before fantasy sports companies, and what advice, if any, does he get from his father, Anand Jain, a well-known business executive. Harsh, thank you for joining us today and welcome to The Sketch. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Firstly, um, can you take us through the details of the behemoth that Dream11 seems to have become today? So I can talk to you a little bit about the journey, maybe about you know from. I think first let's talk about where it stands today in terms sure. of users, numbers. Sure. sure. You know. Yeah, we have about 160 million Indians on our platform. We're a uh, on the Dream Eleven side. We're an app which is only available in India. It's made literally by Indians for Indians in India, and. Um, you know it it changes according to the season obviously like ipl is just starting now and we expect a huge number of our 160 million registered users to be very active we are looking even at this point i think the market is so deep in india right there's 700 million online indian sports fans that we're looking at in the next couple of years we still see sorry 700 million 700 million online indian sports fans so you see that as your addressable market that's right Wow. And um we're still seeing even right now on an average about 100,000 new users a day signing up for Dream 11. So, I mean the future is pretty bright for online sports in India. I think monetization has been a question mark for a long time. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we've been able to address it in some small way. Mm-hmm. But sports is exploding in India. You can see that with right from the advent of IPL, right? Um the league format started in india before that it was just bcci men's cricket Correct. now we have women's premier league that's right and women's cricket is exploding so and, you're and seeing, you can bet on wpl on dream 11 that's right so you can participate on uh, fantasy sports contests on the entire depth of sports in cricket and the breadth of sports in india so cricket we have all kinds of cricket games not just domestic uh, obviously we cover bcci matches mm-hmm. and icc matches but also domestic cricket we also cover domestic cricket of other countries nice so the leagues like you know big bash or yeah. um you know 100 ones like the dream 11 super smash there's a bangladesh premier league there's uh, the county cricket in england i see all of it so there are fans sitting in india and placing bets on the outcome of county cricket leagues yeah. in the i mean UK. not bets but yeah, they participate in contests Ah, you you don't call them bets. That's right. We are not betting, nor are we gambling. Right. But what is wrong with calling it betting? Betting and gambling occurs when you're placing consideration right on the outcome of an event. 
That is betting and gambling. So if we were to allow you to choose whether India or Pakistan will win a match, mm-hmm. whether Virat Kohli will score a hundred, whether Bumrah will take three wickets. In your case, it's an aggregation of that's outcomes, right. Well, right? that's right. In fantasy sports, it's not one event that you're relying on. You are playing the role of a selector, right. where you have to pick eleven players in your team based on pitch conditions, weather conditions, chemistry, um, batting order, bowling order, lineup, yeah. um, opponents. If you know Rohit Sharma is playing against Australia and these bowlers. Versus Rohit Sharma's playing versus Bangladesh, but in Mumbai against these bowlers, there's a totally different expected outcome of those. Uh, uh. Uh, the easiest way I find to explain even to your audience what fantasy sports is is like it's like the stock market. You pick a portfolio, correct, which is a team yeah. of stocks which are players. Yeah. Now you pick those stocks based on their past performance and expected future performance of those companies. Right, it's all data driven. The same way you do for players, and then if your portfolio does better than someone else's portfolio, in fantasy sports you can win. I mean, I don't know about the legal definition, but I think in just plain Pardon English me, usage, yes, it sure. is fair to say that you are betting on a certain outcome, right? Uh, but tell me, how is it different from uh, say? you know similar apps in the uk where betting is indeed legal right uh, and sports betting is huge in the yep. uk like in some cities you go outside of the railway station all you will see are ads of sure, uh, sure. you know betting apps yeah. um i mean in such jurisdictions where betting and gambling are legal what do those apps offer that you don't they offer you the ability to bet and on specific and outcomes and wager and gamble on specific outcomes right like i said like where is virat kohli going to score a 50 is right. rohit sharma going to score a 100 right is bumrah going to get three wickets is india going to win is india going to win by 20 runs right. is you know so you offer only one possibility and we play the role of a selector we allow our users to play the role of a selector yeah so when they make a team and the match begins they're done so they can't do anything apart from enjoy their game their actual sport yeah watching it during the match right. during the match they can just go and check how their team is doing but there's no edits allowed there's no new participation during a match right the team is whereas, locked at the beginning of the match that's right whereas in betting yeah every minute you can go in and bet next ball next over yeah session betting innings betting full match betting so it's a completely different ball game of betting on outcome I mean, this is fundamentally a really old sort of format in some ways. Right? So it's a classic, right? Like sure. everyone had their dream team yeah, and absolutely. super selector, and uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's I where that's where it's come from. Right, right, right. So I went looking for super selector. Okay. When IPL launched, right. I had just come back from the US. Okay. I was a die-hard fantasy football fan. Right. I'd been playing it for like six, seven years before coming back to India. I see. And um, when I came back. There was this league starting up called the IPL, <laughs> right? So um, the timing was kind of perfect. <laughs> that's right. 2007, I came back. Mm-hmm. I joined the family business, right. like any good Marwadi boy. Correct. And um, but you know, the family business was like this 10-year, 15-year SEZ project. Right. And it sounded very cool to play SimCity for an engineer. Right. But then you know, at 22, when you realize it's a 10-year project, you're not really. Right, hustling every day. Correct. Right. Correct. Correct. And in that environment, very slow gestation development. That's just a very yeah. mature yeah. 
you know professional mature experienced people working around you Correct. that understand 10 year 15 year projects and plus what would you contribute to them that's right, right like that's right the, so so yeah. yeah exactly and so this kida was there to do something myself and put my engineering degree to some use and that's when ipl was starting and i went looking for super selector sorry what engineering did you study electrical engineering right. at the university of pennsylvania right. so i was oh, already in the us not in the uk no i was in the uk for high school ah, 11th and 12th oh, okay. which is where i fell in love with fantasy football i see for epl so then you went to college in the us but you'd continue to play fantasy continue sports play. yeah in a country where nobody cares about football right that's like right. because i continued to play with my friends back home fantasy right. football became the way i stayed in touch with all my boys like you know my group of From uh, back friends in back in bombay nice. who are all sports fans right that became the way we actually continued our banter and stayed in touch right in uh, in epl uh, which are your favorite teams there's no teams there's you know <laughs> for really for fun. most football fans true football fans there's right. team right absolutely and uh, manchester united right. right for better or worse we've had a better phase in my first 10 years of following them <laughs> we've had a worse phase in my last 10 years of following them right. but now it seems to be going you know Some back on track with eric yeah. tanag so so yeah um but i think that's when i went looking for super selector okay what do you mean when you say you went looking for super selector i said let's play fantasy cricket because right. ipl is starting yeah and when we look when we when i went online i typed super selector i clicked on the link and it said shut down and i was like are uh, what happened fantasy sports is like our life yeah. for football fans yeah, yeah. and now that cricket is becoming a league version fantasy cricket has to be there hmm. there are billion cricket fans in india Correct. how can we not have something that's so wildly popular for sports fans in the uk in the us everywhere around the world and that was a moment where i just said you know what ye karna hai if it's not there we have to do it and then all my friends said that yeah 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 we must do it and then we all went home one of those things you chat with friends and everyone's like yeah 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 then you just you know forget about it except that i went for a holiday with the family i came back weeks later and i hadn't forgotten about it i couldn't stop thinking about it and i was obsessing about it every night and i was like we have to do this so then i went back to that group of friends and i said yaar we we have to do this this has to be done right so i'm going to do it it doesn't matter and and they were all people who were engineers or anything of the sort or the no no couple of them were engineers right and uh, one of them two of them were in diamonds one of them was in finance so just all different got it and um, only one other friend of mine said that yeah sure i'm also not enjoying my job too much and i think this this is more exciting i'll come okay was he in finance no he was an engineer oh, sorry, sorry. and uh, but he was in an engineer by education right. but he was working in finance right so he's the one who became your co-founder yes nice and so bhavit and i right got started on this crazy journey yeah and uh, so how did you st- uh, raise early funds how did you go about doing it yeah the family so honestly i went back to dad yeah. and said that look we want to raise money yeah and he's an infrastructure and large projects he's man finance right? real estate right. you know product tech but he didn't understand but he very well understood entrepreneurship yeah and he understood the need as an entrepreneur himself the need for someone young to try to do something of their own right 
and so that's something that you know but did he ask you questions about what is this market you know Why absolutely he's so an he investor yeah, yeah he's right. the stock market guy right, right. so Correct. he was like show me your pnl show me your five year projection show me all of that which is good you should it shouldn't come on a you know like plate ready for you to just go but um finally the projections were not great i i didn't know anything about making financial projections right uh he then took me to a bunch of gaming guys the gaming gurus of that time okay and all of them who were for these? my i'm not going to take names Got but it. like all the top gaming guys in india you right. can imagine right in 2008 yeah people who had set up some companies and yeah, yeah sure yeah. there were like I three of them right he took me to all three and they all for my own good said what a terrible idea this okay. was okay because 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 super selector tried it espn star the largest sports media company at that time had tried it mm. it had failed mm. um fantasy sports was an alien concept in india a foreign concept yeah nobody knew what fantasy was and it was a free to play ad driven business model and they said cpi advertising doesn't work in india you have to do this whole model won't work and online payments and transactions were all anyway no like- that time we had launched free to play right ad driven business model ah, which okay. we were copying from the west right and so we launched anyways yeah. and i convinced dad somehow to give me 2 crore okay okay, okay. and um, then we hired a first person uh, from that time from zapac ah. he's a product manager from zapac okay and i hired him for 25 lakhs out of a 2 crore budget <laughs> <laughs> right so i clearly didn't know what i what i was doing <laughs> and then he came on and said that you know You have one and a half lakhs approximately by then left in the bank. How are you going to do this? We need ten crores. So, uh, two weeks after I like raised two crores from dad, I went back saying actually we need ten crores. So he threw a fit. He said you have no respect for money, which I didn't. You have no value for money, which I didn't. Right. You don't know how like hard it is to earn, and you have to go through that. Yeah. And then my Marwadi mom came in and said, "Ek hi to bacha hai, ek hi to ladka hai." So then we had this whole family drama. <laughs> At the end of which he relented and gave me ten crores, right? And he's like, "Iti right. kya? Best case, he actually makes something. Yeah. Worst case, At he learns. At least you don't ask for any any more money. No, no more money ever. <laughs> right? And he learned how hard it is. Yeah. So we went started. But that brings me to an interesting yeah. point. Now, had uh, Mr. Jay not been your dad. Yeah. and had you not had the option of raising a subsequent or the remaining 10 crore from i mean remaining 8 crore from the family yeah um would you have gone out and sought vc investment and if so at the prevailing environment then yes do you think anyone else would have bet on this idea yes i would have gone out and no nobody would have nobody bet on it have, right yeah um and we would have just learned to bootstrap that a little bit more a little bit earlier yeah so Two years after raising that money, we had blown through like I think eight or nine crores out of the ten crores. We had burnt all of it, and we had about four or five lakhs of revenue. No, but tell me something. This gentleman who told you in two thousand and eight that you couldn't build an app with two crore of rupees. I mean, that was a substantial sum back then. It was then, huge no? money. I was right? a spoiled brat. Right. Who, which who didn't understand the value, value of this of money? Yeah. And like most entrepreneurs, I thought I was creating this like. thing that's just going to explode right so we started with fantasy cricket okay but then by the time we launched only we had fantasy cricket we had cricket scores we had cricket news we had ah. cricket blogs we had cricket forums we had cricket polls we had cricket games wow because you're like 
सब कुछ डालो सब कुछ डालो राइट बिगेस्टिकलेक्शन सो डिजास्टर This is around I'm imagining 2010. 2010. And oh, so within two years you you yeah, ran through ten crore. Yeah, because God. you went through marketing blitz, PR, yeah, everything, yeah, right? Yeah. And hired forty people. Right. And then didn't work. So now there's no way I'm going back. And to you were that. running the. I mean, you and Bhavit were running the company yeah, yeah, yeah. yourself. Yeah. And then so Bhavit in 2010 left to do his MBA. And then what I what I did with Bhavit was that we. took out of the 40 people we kept only 6 people on dream 11 to try to pivot and find a good business model and 30 plus people we moved on to red digital we launched a digital agency actually a service a services, services. company jahan pe kuch paisa banaye gaye right so we made some money on the services we learned how to sell okay which is honestly a very important thing for entrepreneurs to learn absolutely how to sell how to like make money how to convince people and so we ran that for about one and a half years Two years, and by 2012, that was actually successful. So that we ended up having like 50, 75 people across four cities in India. Um, we were either created or very early on in terms of getting. We were a social media agency, okay. and so we did the pages for like Mumbai Indians, Godrej, Monjinis, Pepsi, Lufthansa, Discovery. Right. We were like. Agency managing the social media. And, and would you would you do sales call and all yeah, sales yeah, calls yourself because I, I, through your network you might know some of these businesses. Ah uh, no, not that yeah, not okay. that much. Right. No, I never. I didn't rely on my network really. Right. That this was more professional. Okay. Um, but the first couple, yes, I did. The first couple of people, you always rely on your network to get someone on board. Right. But after that, it was purely Mumbai Indians, especially. That's I would right. imagine that you would know someone. That's yeah. right. And then we started off. We did really well, and that was going well. Until Dream Eleven was our honestly our passion, right? So in, after one and a half years of pivoting, 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 yeah, we found the model you see today. Nice. So 2012 we launched the model you see today. Four years after we started, and then by mid 2012 it started working. But still very early for payments, right? Yeah. It's, so we saw it started working. Ah. We were seeing growing adoption. Right. Users calling their friends. Yeah. Virality increasing. Yeah. retention so being just, high so just just on its own like you were tinkering and tweaking yeah, yeah, and correct. one day it just started taking correct, off correct correct well it's like i think edison said right i didn't invent the one way to create a light bulb i just figure out a thousand ways of not how not to do it right so like you keep yeah tinkering until yeah. you find that one, one thing, thing that just works so but at that point you still had all of the other stuff or you had shut down like so the news and polls and all of that so then we sold oh yeah so then we shut down everything okay. focused only on fantasy cricket okay. for change the free to play ad driven business model to a freemium model right change the season long maker team to a per match maker per team match. and all these changes one by one helped in what you see today but that's also very counterintuitive one right because yes. most product managers would think that if you have a long term bet yes. you would keep coming back to the app which is what we learned that um, today's youth don't have the attention span that attention span or commitment 
that is goes into playing a purest fantasy sports game which right. is what we were trying to which play which runs a whole season and but yeah cricket test matches don't work as much as t20 correct correct and we needed to make the t20 version of fantasy right and right. so that's where per match helped it got back into we understood that the indian consumer doesn't want the shampoo bottle he wants the sachet yeah that's what the indian consumers want correct and um, so then we launched that and that worked started working so we sold the agency Oh, you sold the agency? Yes, we got like five, six crores approximately. I don't remember the exact figure. Sure. From the sale, right? And we put all the money back into Dream Eleven and restarted from there. But up until then, the money you were making from the agency, uh, you were using that to yes. sort of cross subsidize and keeping Dream Eleven alive. Only six people on Dream Eleven. Right, right. All the Hello. profits of Red Digital. Which was our digital agency went back to Dream Eleven. So at least you never had to go back to your parents and ask for money. I would never do that. That that's the whole point of this journey. <laughs> right. So that was then. Um, so by 2013 is yeah. when you figured that okay, now this is working. Abhi chal raha. Yes, chal raha. Okay. Then I went for my MBA. Oh, I because see. Because I pitched in 2012. First half of the year, I pitched to like literally all the VCs in India. Everybody said no. And everybody said no, and they said that. This is a foreign concept. You should go to the US uh-huh. and pitch to investors that understand fantasy sports. Uh, okay. So I said, makes sense. Uh-huh. And so, you thought MBA bhi kar leta and I, and Correct. MBA bhi kar leta because I didn't know anything about, I didn't know what credit and debit was. I didn't know like, uh, you know, free cash flows. I didn't know how to make a business model with like discounted cash flows and DCF and all the, all the stuff they were asking for. I had no idea. So I said, Chalo, now Bhavit came back. Okay. So we needed one founder to be there. Yeah, yeah. So Bhavit was back. After his MBA, I went for my MBA. And Where I did said, you go? Columbia Business School. And I went across the valley and the alley, New York and San Francisco, pitching every VC through. I took all the entrepreneurship classes at Columbia Business School. Um, and after two years of pitching, I was told that by all the VCs there, that very interesting idea. But if this is an Indian business, you should pitch to Indian VCs. <laughs> So I was like, okay. <laughs> so it took me a few years to understand that when VCs give you an alternative to saying yes. It's a way of saying no. It's just saying no. It's just a polite way to say no. That takes time to understand that anything apart from a yes is a no. Correct. Right? That's an important lesson, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Because people, you know, people think that, oh, I got a call from a VP or some, you know, senior associate at Sequoia. That means Sequoia is interested and they are willing to fund my idea, right? <laughs> they, it takes time to understand that principals can lead a deal. Yeah. Partners can actually, you know, run the deal fully. It takes time to, for entrepreneurs to understand that. Correct. 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 Anyway, um, the point being that I then ended up pitching for two, three years. Okay. And wow, just after... Man. For two, three years you were pitching and you, you, never, you never felt that, boss, this is just not working like... Let me just No, no, uh, all the time it's depressing. Right. It's listen, like don't let any founder tell you otherwise. It's look, we can say great learnings. Yeah. Each one is a learning of what but you know, something every rejection learned. is hard, right? Like every, every time. Every rejection is a learning, but it's also a slap that absolutely, you learn from, right? Like absolutely. there's no denying that. It it's very hard to take and you need, bhi ho jayegi, <laughs> So that's what now the family support there is actually critical. Right. And I don't think founders talk enough about family support. Yeah. You, know, you come home to your mom, dad and you know, my wife. And um, I was dating Dachna, my wife, from when we were eighteen actually. Sweet. So we've been together like for college like, sweethearts. Yeah, yeah. We've been together for almost twenty Where years. Where did you now. meet in UK or school? 
Oh wow. School school. Okay. So okay. I fell in love with her in the when I was 15. Right. Um asked her out. She said no. <laughs> Then chased her for 3 years. So she kind of prepared me for this whole 3 year rejection <laughs> cycle. <laughs> Right and then she like yeah she trained me <laughs> right and she 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 showed me that there's light at the end of the tunnel if you just stay at it for three years kabhi na kabhi ha bole dege right right and so finally at the end of Columbia Business School I was coming back and I got introduced by Kunal Bell introduced me to Vani Kola at Kalari and then she loved the idea she loved the entrepreneurship she loved the hustle. She loved the story, and not being a sports fan, she said, "Okay." How I'll many uh, VCs would you have gone to prior to that? <sighs> Unique VCs, at least fifty, seventy, and meetings, pitch meetings, at least hundred fifty, two hundred. Right, right. And this is before Kalari became um, a close associate of RIL and all of that, right? No, no. This is like two thousand and twelve. This is two thousand and fourteen. Thirteen, fourteen, fourteen. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. This was when Kalari was still Kalari NEA. Right. They had right. that uh, joint fund. Correct. They did. It was not Kalari. Correct. It was that joint fund. Then she came back to India, and she launched a Kalari fund, which was standalone Kalari fund. Oh, so at that time she was not even based here. No, she was also moving back. Ah, okay. She was okay. also in like moving in up and down and in transition. Right. right. And so then she. led around and then Shashin Shah from Think Investments he co-led around with her okay okay and how much how much was that that like was 4 mi- uh 4.5 million on 13 million pre okay yeah 4.5 million so now you knew that okay now i will make something of this kuch to matlab someone else is putting their money also right, it's not right. my family that's correct. just constantly correct you know koi bahar se aake someone is willing to put their money correct so there's something there now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So at that point, um, your shareholding or your family's shareholding must have gotten yeah, of course, diluted. diluted, and, of course, and that's also done. Kalari came on uh, board as yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, came on to the cap table. Okay, then what happened subsequently after that? So this so, allowed you to now expand, hire more tech product yes, people. Yes, and and honestly, look, even if you don't need the money, the unfortunately or fortunately, there is a stigma around being non-funded versus funded. The minute you're a funded tech company, everything is validated suddenly. Yeah, that's right. When you go to employees, potential candidates, yeah. and you talk to them and say we're funded, we're yeah. Series A funded, yeah. automatically they have some more belief. Even if you are better funded, but personally and final, like you know, family-wise, yeah, that external validation hasn't happened. So people are like a little more wary of joining. Actually, even if you're profitable, yes, but not externally funded, yes. people will be like, "As you look, which is a very bad stigma. It is, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um so that external validation helps yeah. and then you end up hiring more people yeah. um you also have cash for the first time that you can use you have a runway that you have to spend that cash in so you end up like pushing the pedal a lot more and so that happened but but you must also have figured out that okay now when you have external investors on board they suddenly ask for more numbers reviews yes, you know they put you to but work think, in a way that maybe the family does not yes and no right because My dad, being an investor, did ask for me for like quarterly what's going on, updates. So, thoda sa I was prepared for that, and I was looking forward to it. Right. I think it's about expectation, right? Correct. So, like my expectation was, I want someone to be fully involved. So, 
when we raise money from kalari and think investments i wanted their help on product tech design hiring marketing strategy you know everything right so like today if i'm getting like a hedge fund or a private equity we don't need the help in operations but at that time i actually wanted them to be hands on investors which they were so they came through big time on all of yes that. absolutely i i think vani honestly i owe a lot of credit to her for also mentoring us personally right at a series a level and you know as 25 year old at that time 26 or whatever no sorry this is in 2015 yeah so as a even as a 30 year old um going into in you know raising money the first time and hiring larger teams you need a lot of mentoring yeah on the personal side and that's what i think true series a investors are good at not just helping the company but helping the founders mentoring them personally yeah. because you also did not hire an external ceo or anything like no, that and no. you guys ran the company that's right yeah. yeah yeah that's right honestly we we didn't hire any cxos for the first few years because we were you know so hands on right yeah and then um, so what happened after that then you started accelerating your growth and then revenue started coming in Yes um we had some great growth but you know the stigma of like regulatory approval right. not approval because that time we didn't even have all these court cases in our favor right so there was a catch 22 at that time yeah we wanted to go to court yeah. and get an approval Correct. that fantasy sports is legal worldwide game of skill precedent in the US all of it is done and dusted we have the same law can we get the game of skill can we get it validated as a game of skill here also but the courts are not taking like you can't go to you court can't. and ask them <laughs> that please validate someone has to file a complaint against someone has you someone to file but if yeah. someone files yeah. you are at the risk of like one bad Losing judgment it. going in your favor absolutely and shutting down your business correct so it's a catch 22 you can't do anything by the way was the regulatory ambiguity ever a factor in vc saying no to you till then is the only it was, the it was 99% factor. of the factor uh, okay Okay. Actually our numbers were great. Right. Our user adoption, user retention, business model, revenue were Number all great. Good. Okay. And every VC I met said till date we loved your business. But we just couldn't get over the regulatory hurdle. I fully understand with them. Yeah. I fully understand and I fully sympathize and empathize. I probably would have done the same thing. Absolutely. It takes a lot of courage to back a business which has no legal clarity. Yeah. which can be seen as gambling and betting and have you know potentially criminal consequences that investment itself is a gamble in some ways exactly. because it could go either way and the, but that's what vcs vcs are about true, true. you have to every vc will tell you that you know 60% of my portfolio is going to shut down more like 80 20 model and 30% will kind of give me some return yeah. and only 10% will return my fund yeah and that's the whole model absolutely and so you have to have some bets in every fund i think which are like just arya par right like make or break yeah yeah i also had uh, vikram thampi from 20 games sure, 24/7 sure. here yeah. on the on the spot he's one of the ogs of the gaming is. industry yeah, yeah, yeah. they were running rummy well before we came on the scene for fantasy right right yeah. and and we had a conversation also about the the regulatory situation today but you know to my mind it seems like 
even today there is no real clarity or is that not the case no i think today there is absolute clarity clarity that uh, fantasy sports is fully legal absolutely so by clarity there are couple of things i'll say one is judicial one is regulatory mm-hmm. so on the judicial side there cannot be like more clarity because we've gone there have been countless high court cases which have then been taken to supreme court seven times okay and each one of the cases in supreme court seven out of seven have said that fantasy sports is a game of fantasy sports are format right. dream lens format because that's the one that was questioned yeah. you can't just do a blanket on all sure, fantasy sure 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 is it a game of skill or not first of all the first few supreme court cases they uh, there was no judgment in writing mm-hmm. they basically dismissed the petition mm. the appeal from high court right so they agreed with us right. but there was no judgment right then there was a judgment in our favor okay because it kept coming up right so right. supreme court went to the extent of saying this matter is no longer res integra which means this matter is no longer undecided uh, which means it's legal parlance for this matter is decided and done okay you can't keep coming back to supreme court and asking us the same question again and again and wasting our time right and so there is finality to dream 11's format as a game of skill regular business activity protected by the constitution of india 181g and not gambling or betting that last part is also very important very important is there a term for your business model like when you say your kind of uh, fantasy sports is allowed is there any technical term for it it's a game of skill no uh, what i mean is your format of fantasy sports yes. as opposed to other formats is there any no there's technic- no technical no term, term for it. there's no technical term but what we do is we emulate a selector understood so understood. we do what a selector does in real life because yeah. that's the core reason why it's a game of skill yeah you yeah. if you can say that the selectors in sports leagues and federations and teams have skill more than chance yeah. which i hope we do yeah then our users also have that right because they pick a team based on past performances and expected future performance based on a whole variety of reasons like pitch and weather and lineups and and then you can't make changes after the match begins hmm. so some other people uh-huh. are also running fantasy sports saying that this is proven in the court of law but they're running for one innings for five overs uh-huh. and you also in our game have to take as many players who play in a real life match right So you can't take five players for a cricket team, right? You have to take eleven, right? Now, right. that has been abused slightly uh, to say that oh, fantasy sports is legal, and so I can get away with like sometimes things which are very akin to betting and gambling, and guise them under the fantasy sports umbrella. No, so this is what I mean when I say that. to my mind when i observe this entire space there still seems to be a lot of ambiguity see the there is. the judicial canon yes. might have indeed said one thing but yes. the whole space does exist in an absence of a legislation absolutely right? so I, i want to be clear that the people who are running those other formats yeah they're not doing something wrong sure. maybe they are maybe they're not sure. i'm not anyone to decide But what they're saying is that the Supreme Court has said yes to Dream Eleven's format, but where has it said no to these others? Yeah. Right. So it's in that grey zone right now. What has been great is that last year's budget, not the budget right now. Mm-hmm. Last year's budget 
honorable pm came up and said india can be a gaming superpower and stressed on the fact that gaming is an area that the government wants to back right now real money gaming in india it accounts for like 90% of gaming or more and so what happened in the last year is we've seen the government led by um honorable minister of it ashwini vaishnav and honorable minister of state rajesh chandrasekhar led by them metis taken up a central role and for the first time ever there's a nodal ministry for gaming okay gaming was like this slightly often child of in as an industry which didn't really have a parent a nodal ministry but harsh in the government even so if it has a nodal ministry till yes. the time there is not a piece of legislation the draft regulations already came out came out right so now the draft regulations for gaming have come out right and they are now going to move towards actually making it a bill and then an act okay which will propel this entire gaming industry forward and provide clarity and stability clarity. yeah yeah because yeah. i think you know now investors have invested about 3 billion dollars correct into gaming correct they are worried because you know every day some state will get up and say that oh i'm going to allow gaming not going to allow gaming and there are you know this confusion so i think the government is doing a phenomenal job of backing up its claims of pushing digital india make in india by saying that look even places like gaming which we have not looked at before we are not going to just come and ban it we're going to regulate it yeah and we're going to make sure like even what happened with crypto the government didn't ban it it's regulated it okay that's more complicated because rbi banned it and then but the government has regulated so they've not banned it they've not made it a crime to own cryptocurrency yeah yeah, yeah. they've said that it's an it's an asset class or something that's right they made it difficult yeah. yeah Yeah. but they've not banned it and that's a very big distinction from yeah, today's digital government. asset they've said that's that it's right. a digital asset so they've recognized it now can the business model survive the way it is i don't know yeah but those regulations will be tweaked and evolve they'll evolve yeah yeah so the government is looking at industries now saying that look we are not going to come and just ban them if you don't yeah. understand them we'll regulate them regulate them but the challenge seems to be to be harsh that what tends to happen invariably is there will be a report from somewhere that says somebody lost a lot of money in gambling sure. went into problems took their lives and there will be a whole political i mean i see this in tamil nadu a very strong anti um, any kind of fantasy betting sports you know any kind of thing that allows gaming, you to spend yes. money gaming you know like um, real money gaming basically um, so in many states uh, it becomes a political issue then the the state legislature will then ban it uh, or the you know or an executive order will be issued by the cm's office and so on um now even if tomorrow there were to be a piece of legislation at the center that um, that regulates these uh, companies in the manner that you described um states are going to be uh, free to do this right no not from what we understand okay this is this will be central is it a central subject central subject so they're looking to amend it into a central subject okay um the bill hasn't come no, out you, yet you can't do that i mean you can't amend what is described in the constitution as between center state and concurrent but that. this hasn't been described and so they're making this an ah. intermediary if they if they're putting gaming under platform gaming platforms are intermediaries okay then it comes under digital india which is where the digital india act is coming out right correct and correct. they're amending correct. that right okay and so within digital india act 
from what we understand the government is looking to regulate all the new internet industries coming ah, and actually as a central subject that's right i believe that the states might have some powers to regulate it right but banning might be stopped right so but the states can still regulate items under their jurisdiction right but i mean all of this we can only discuss once the bill comes out and act comes out and we see what they're yeah 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 actually, i mean these are all several steps ahead yes, of us yes so. yes but i think the the main point is that the center is regulating it which provides clarity for fdi yeah for entrepreneurs yeah. for jobs yeah. i mean the gaming industry is now paying a billion dollars of tax this year wow so it's getting to a place where it actually matters yeah, yeah. and recently the government has you know there was a tds that there was a lot of discussion with cbdt in the last one year i think cbdt has come forward and said a lot of taxes are escaping the tax Correct. net a lot of a lot of gamers who are earning the money they are not filing and so on and i think the... now cbdt has come out with a tds clarification i mean new tds regime yeah starting april 1st actually which is which is going to make life a little harder for gaming companies mm-hmm. with compliance etc because you have to deduct the as 30% TDS. of all winnings right all net winnings you are going to have to deduct all 30% all net winnings net now winnings. how do you define that they are going to define it oh, okay. we can't define it because if i am a user on dream 11 yes. i can keep the cash or my winnings on the app right as long as i'm not taking it out no so they have defined that saying that whenever you're taking it out they'll put tds ah. but also at the end of the financial year Ah, so if you haven't so taken you it out right. end of financial year march 31st it's that's a sensible so one. which is why yeah. i wanted to say even though compliance and tds has increased right for companies it's for the better it's a huge net win yeah for the industry absolutely because these are the things that provide clarity and stability and allow entrepreneurs to plan and have projections which they actually can stick by So which maybe, allow investors to invest absolutely no, and no, you know investors get a lot more confidence in the ease of doing business in india absolutely in saying that oh it's not going to be like one state gets up one day and says we're going to ban gaming and then 5% 10% of my investments of my companies in which i invested yeah. their business goes away yeah and this you know this adds a lot of uh, panic and so i think the government's taking a lot of these things at the central level yeah. and resolving them and some things will work against the businesses for example i can go on record to say that gst is something that we've been vehemently you know talking about saying that 18% is what we pay on our revenue on our fee right so any money that's played in any game only goes to two places one is to the price pool yeah which is to be paid out to users Correct. the winners yeah which the which the platform cannot use Second and is one is a platform fee. Now, CBDT was saying that a lot of the taxes that were going into the price pool were escaping tax because under ten thousand, there's no tax TDS. Now they've plugged that. So hundred percent of the money that goes into the price pool, at withdrawal or end of financial year, will get tax TDS thirty percent. Thirty percent. Thirty percent, and no offsetting. So thirty percent is the TDS just for gaming. Yes. Oh, okay. Now the only thing, the only money that's left is the platform fee. Right. That's eighteen percent, which is called GGR, gross gaming revenue. So we are paying eighteen percent of that, which we and almost the whole industry has unanimously come up to the government and said, the government wants to increase it. The tax authorities. When I say government, I mean tax authorities. And we've said that you know what, 
if you increase that to 28%, it's a 55% increase in our tax. But we will take the hit because of the same reason of clarity and stability, close the matter and move on, right? But you know, Harsh, as it is, it seems to me to be a fairly low margin business as of today, but that might be on account of your very high promotional expenses. Sure. Um, because for FY22, I think you made 4,000 crore in uh, revenue and about 127 crore in profits. I think there 147 or something. 147, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Now, are those margins going to go up substantially once you don't no longer have to spend so much on uh, marketing? and I believe so. I also believe that there's a certain scale at which marketing scales equally along with your revenues. And then if you're a true tech business, you start seeing these efficiencies come in significantly once you cross a scale where your revenues continue growing at a certain rate. But your marketing, your operational expenses, your fixed costs all start stagnating. And so they can grow, you know, initially, all of them grow exponentially. And we're hoping that the revenue continues to grow much higher than the expenses, which is what we've seen. In the last four years, we've now been profitable because our at a certain junction, our revenue growth was high enough where even though our costs were growing, the delta between those two was enough to create profits. So when you take the top line, the 4,000 crore, is that GGR? Yes. Oh, that is GGR? Yes. Okay, so that is net of the price pool. Yes, because that money we can never touch. That money goes into an escrow account. Right. That never even enters our company's books. Books. Because it's a... It's 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 basically people transacting among themselves. That's right. It's money that's... An instant liability to the user. The user owns the money. Right. We don't even touch it. Right, right. Do you have a figure for that? Like, what's the amount of money that passes through Dream Eleven? It's usually know. about uh, for the industry, it's about an average of ten percent. Ten percent is our GGR. Wow. For fantasy sports, it's about fifteen percent. So that means forty thousand crore of. Uh, for fantasy sports, is fifteen percent. So about right. seven, seven to eight times that. Uh, seven and a half times that. Man, that's yeah. a that's a that's a massive enterprise. Huh? <laughs> To answer your earlier question, actually, um, and that's what once you be- become profitable, we've now started solving. You remember I told you about when we started, it was cricket blogs and forums and news and scores. And now you started doing all of that again. Back to that. <laughs> right. But learned a lesson. One app, no super apps work in India. And so now we have fan code, which is a sports content, news, and they have a FC shop for commerce. We have Dream Set Go, which does sports travel and experiences. We have Dream Game Studios building cricket games. We have um, companies like Rario, which do NFT sports. These are all companies you've incubated or you've invested in? Incubated, invested, accelerated. Um, so and some of them the... were even acquiring as a mature company. So they're all part of the broader Dream 11 That's ecosystem. Right. And so DreamX is... Another one which we there's a fintech that we are building, but not to be another fintech, sure. to solve a problem for our group companies and users. Right. All of this is done by Dream Capital. So we took two fifty million dollars of our own money, put it into a fund, and said that this is going to be corporate venture capital. Nice. And so CVC is something that we're working on a lot. Devneet Bajaj has been leading that for us, mm-hmm. and they actually work on creating this entire portfolio of companies under Dream Sports as an umbrella. Right. 
So look, we're we're basically trying to say that look, we have a billion cricket fans, a billion sports fans in India. But if I ask you, you're a sports fan. Where do you buy the Indian cricket team jersey from? Yeah, nowhere. You don't know. Where do you? If you wanted to go for Wimbledon, yeah, this summer, who do you buy a ticket from? Well, I mostly can't afford it, so I've never even thought about <laughs> it. Right? Like, getting a ticket to Wimbledon is if next to impossible. <laughs> You exactly. basically register But, it, but it's and, next to you know, impossible. impossible That's yeah, right yeah. And whoever is even telling you I have two tickets How do you trust them? Um, you'll reach London Spend like lakhs To like Go to London Visa and all that Land up at the venue And the tickets are fake Right? It's it's huge amount of issues And I, I never understand Like why sport Even World Cup In fact I wanted to go yeah. to Doha For, Same. for the World Same Cup thing. Like you don't know When the sales are going to open Correct. up Like it's all so opaque And there's, you're paying like 20x the ticket cost Correct. And you know Correct. Yeah. Then we We have things like um, If you want to buy your kids Merchandise Of your favorite team You don't know where to buy that If you want to watch Domestic cricket Or hockey or golf or table tennis or tennis. where do you watch it so look on the merchandise part I periodically see uh, that in Nike stores and so on they sometimes have these licensing only when they have that license for that period of time and then it disappears yeah yeah, yeah. so you know people still say India cricket team jersey I'll get from Nike mm. but Nike is not sponsored the Indian cricket team for like years correct right correct. now it's Adidas okay, okay. and so the point is that we don't have a mature sports ecosystem in India. That's right. We have the BCCI men's cricket, yeah. which is the absolute gold standard, yeah. which competes toe-to-toe with the NFL and M- NBA and MLB. Well, and Not in terms of stadium experience, though, because that still remains Again, that's one more awful. thing. But in terms of broadcast rights, yes. in terms of monetization, Absolutely. in terms of... Finish of the product Absolutely Right The finish of the product You experience either on television Or on digital It's like top notch It's It's a gold standard Gold standard We are saying that Look that's That's like Marriott Hmm. You go to a five star Marriott Anywhere in the world You'll have like a gold standard experience Correct But what India Really needs in our opinion Is Airbnb Hmm. The breadth And depth of sports Has not been captured and the breadth and depth of sports businesses, apart from broadcasting, has not been captured. And that's what Dream Sports is about. And lastly, we have obviously a Dream Foundation, where we also try to give back a lot to sports. So we have 7,000 athletes we support. Um, we've won 150 medals for India. It's amazing. And so I think all businesses are also now looking to give back to sports in a big way, because led by our Honorable PM... They are also seeing that sports is also a driver of economic activity. And so, yeah, that's my How spiel. much has... Uh, <laughs> no, that's very well done. Um, how much has the investment your family made in your business of 10 CR back in 2013? How much has that become in value now? Oh, I don't know. Well, it's all, it's all valuation, right? So, I'm still a Marwadi boy at heart. I believe in actual, like... Rupiah, the rest of it is valuation that you and our investors sit down and course, chat and decide. Of course. So maybe one day. But we, how much of the company do you or your? A minority. Own? Okay. Um, but if you if you were to calculate that return on that ten CR investment, I'm sure it's eye popping. I mean, I hope so because yeah. because we are worth eight billion. 8 billion, 8 billion so even if it was like, I think even if it's one percent of eight billion. 
it's still a fantastic still, return on 10 crores yeah, i i own more than 1% for sure so so does your dad <laughs> say it's the best investment he has ever made uh i haven't asked him right. i don't know i i can ask him i found one thing that you said in one of the interviews really interesting which was that um, due to fantasy sports the fans engagement with the actual game goes right. up that's right can you talk us a little bit through that yeah absolutely so for 50 years we've basically listened to sports on radio or gone to the match to actually watch it mm-hmm. then came this tv experience so then we could watch cricket on tv on black and white then color tv and then digital on your mobile phone that's it we've just been following passively and watching it but everyone from your pun here in office to your boss to a minister would have an opinion on cricket cricket and that's the beautiful part about sports right cricket. everyone has an opinion saying that are ya wo virat kohli ko you know one down jana chahiye opening yeah, jana yeah, chahiye and you know rohit ko aise thoda are ye shot pe you know he should have hit with a straight bat and why is he playing against correct and blah 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 and you know why is he, why they bowling a off spinner they should bowl a medium pace whatever right yeah. everyone has an opinion yeah. fantasy sports allows you to say put your money where your mouth is have your own team compete with everyone now 80% of our users still play for free they don't play for money 80% of your users 80% of 160 million users only 20% play for money oh so there is an ad monetized no they just play for free they just, play they for just free. say that enjoy yourself uh, and so you don't show any ads to them no no not yet i see and we also have even within those 20% users the average ticket size is like 45 rupees uh, about like less than 50 rupees out of those people more, of more than 50% win their, their money, money back. back see i watched your interview yeah exactly so the my point is that and i keep saying this the company is built around sports engagement we created fantasy cricket here because fantasy football got us so close to epl and that's what it's about it's about taking players and actively being a participant in a sports match so that when your next mumbai indians chennai match is there and you'll see the season mumbai indians is winning by 100 runs and chennai is 9 wickets down 100 runs to win with one over to go every person in india switched off the tv but that fantasy sports user does not switch off <laughs> for that last wicket who takes will decide no how, how whether he wins or loses so sports engagement goes up through the roof because of fantasy sports and that's what we're here for and um, you know that's what the company is built around it's also the power of aggregation even though it's like 45 rupees i see that on some games the price pool becomes like 25 crore rupees because of our right? scale scale india yeah. is all about volumes right yeah. Yeah. so we purposely kept our ticket sizes very small right. made sure that you can't win or lose like tremendous amount of money as an aggregate yeah. so 99% of our users have never lost or won in their lifetime more than 10000 rupees cumulative over many years 95% 99% of your users have not won more than 10000 rupees or lost more than 10000 oh it's not supposed to be it's it's popcorn to your movie yeah it's a long tail basically yes. you know it's, it's a very tiny it's micro payments 
out of which 50% of the time to you win your money back yeah. but by all At accounts least. very addictive and very sort I of like I would say addictive I would yeah. say it's it's about as addictive as sports is mm. if you stop watching sports mm. you stop playing fantasy sports mm. we are not a simulation game Correct. so we can't be addictive Correct. if there's no sports like when covid happened yeah. and sports got wiped out yeah. we were wiped out we are not a simulation game which you can keep playing day and night anytime you want yeah you we, can only play yeah if there's a match coming up in real life right. which you like yeah harsh why are there no more startups in mumbai no more startups yeah maharashtra had the most number of startups in india our problem is our conversion funnel right which is why i've you know started this tech entrepreneurs yes, association that, in mumbai that's why akhir and i kept chatting about it mm-hmm. we launched it we got a phenomenal response so that team is now 35 unicorns and unicorns headquartered in mumbai mm-hmm. not even maharashtra in mumbai mm-hmm. and we have the most number of startups in maharashtra the problem is when they grow up or get funded a lot of them are pushed to bangalore oh B- because the the talent pool is there or the vc is there or something that's right that. okay. so and because of that bangalore is becoming a virtuous cycle of saying that the more funded startups go to bangalore the more they can pay for talent and looking for talent the more talent is attracted there because there are more options there and because talent is attracted startups grow into large companies there yeah yeah mumbai has a third of almost a third of india's unicorns headquartered it, the problem i actually say and i'm not i'm not trying to sell something is that mumbai has a lot more to talk about So Mumbai has real estate. Mumbai has finance. Mumbai has Bollywood, media. So what happens is tech is another booming industry for Mumbai. Maybe the situation is a little different now because up until like at least a couple of years ago, the if you looked at the number of unicorns as well as sizable startups in Bangalore and Delhi. In fact, yes. Delhi is a very uh, fertile uh, NCR, uh, yeah. NCR, uh, yeah, yeah. very fertile uh, landscape Absolutely. for startups. And I always used to wonder because Mumbai has all the ingredients. But we don't talk about it. Because there's so much happening in Mumbai already, right, right. that Bangalore talks about tech because but, it's a but tech, tech, tech. Does Mumbai pull its weight in terms of generating a good number of startups? Yes, the startup, the conversion funnel is a problem. Is the weakness, and that's right. what we're solving with team. See, engineers make a large quantum of success for tech startups, mm. and engineers want to know that if I come to Mumbai to work at Dream Eleven. after 2 years 4 years 6 years 8 years yeah. if i want to move yeah. will i have plenty of amazing opportunities in mumbai yeah yeah right now the problem is ki do char acche companies hai mumbai mein so then but then after dream 11 i'll have to move back to bangalore correct so then why will i go there first place yeah and affordable housing is obviously something we are working government of maharashtra has been kind enough to say let's sit chat right. mm-hmm. come to us with your problems mm-hmm. we want to help mm-hmm. So I think in the next ten years you'll see Mumbai coming up a lot more. Right now, with the infrastructure projects that are coming up in Mumbai, with the coastal road and Mumbai Trans Harbour Link, yeah. Mumbai real estate is going to expand significantly and connectivity will improve, which will reduce all your affordable housing problems, because now you can stay in Navi Mumbai, half an hour away from South Bombay. Mm. Correct. Correct. Right. So suddenly you'll get affordable housing. Wow. One should buy and try and buy an apartment in Navi Mumbai. I, I am uh, assuming that Mumbai, being the dhanda city it is, yeah. all the opportunities are—it's ultimate capitalist market, right? Uh, so those opportunities, but yes, absolutely, a lot of businesses also suffer because of that because 
Mumbai doesn't have a circular city. Yeah, so it's very linear and it's so very high for businesses as well. But as soon as all these connectivity projects come in, a lot of our problems get solved, which is happening now. Lastly, uh, you had plans to do, or at least there were there was some talk about you doing an IPO in the US a couple of no. years ago. No, or no, that, no, that, that was, was fake news. That was media imagination. Yes, absolutely. My investor, Shashin Shah, Think Investments. Okay. He was running a SPAC, and he wanted me to come join the SPAC and learn what a SPAC is. Out of intellectual curiosity, I went and joined the SPAC because he wanted some people from the entrepreneurial world. So VSS, me, a couple of others were there with a bunch of investors in the SPAC because they wanted our help in identifying companies to go public. Somehow media took that story and, and said, said Dream Eleven is joining to go public. So what are Dream Eleven's plans for going public? First of all, I think going public has to, anything that we do, call it the curse of the engineer. But we have to solve a problem. Now... For me, a company goes public to solve one of three main problems. Usually to give your in- investors an exit. Liquidity. Right, yeah. Right? The other one is because you need to raise a lot of money. A lot more money, yeah. And, you know, going pri- private markets is a six-month process. Here in one day, Correct. with a QIP, you can potentially raise money. Yeah. And the last is if you feel you're highly undervalued and you have this value unlock. You don't have any of these problems. That's right. But why don't you have to give, you've raised a lot of money. Don't you have to give in your investors some We've been some providing um, secondary sales for our investors like for a billion dollars. But that so won't uh, suffice. Not 100% liquidity, right. but they get enough opportunities. As sort when of milestones. We, yes, but we, everyone has to return their fund at some point. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so when we are no longer able to provide liquidity, that, that will be a problem. Right. IPO will be a potential solution. Solution. So, in, in the next two, three years, IPO is not on the horizon for Dream Eleven. I don't, I don't look at it as like a planned thing, right? Like, when IPO is a solution to our problem, we look at going public. If we don't need to raise money, we don't even need to go through the whole shenanigans of like IPO. We can do a direct listing, right? So, we'll see. When it happens, it happens. Right. Harsh, it's been a real delight. I really enjoyed uh, how you kept it very real. Oh, of and, course. Uh, uh, always. Yeah. All the best and thank you for thank you. Uh, coming on The Sketch. Thank you for having me. That's it from me for this episode. You've been listening to The Sketch. This episode was edited by Rajesh Jos. Mok Sharma is the producer of this show and Sanju V. Abraham is our sound engineer. You can email us with your thoughts on thesketch at livemint.com. For more updates on this podcast, follow HT Smartcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. To listen to more such Mint podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com. Goodbye and thanks for listening. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.